Welcome back to the We Know Fantasy Podcast. My name is Nate with We Know Fantasy. And t- today I am joined by the one, the only, Coach Steven. Steven, how are we doing today? Uh, man, Nate, we're doing good, man. Uh, day before football starts, uh, it's it's been a long seven months, man. And I'm ready for the week one action. Yeah, by the time you wake up tomorrow, if you listen to this on a Wednesday night or even a Thursday morning as you commute to work, it's going to be a good day because football is back officially. We have the Dallas Cowboys versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Regular season action week one. Cannot wait. We have a lot to talk about uh, the season and during this podcast. A lot of fantasy football implications on the line. Before we hop into things, Stephen, where can people find you on social media? Yeah, you can find me over on Twitter at Coach Stephen P. Um, I'm over there and you can hit me up if you have any questions or whatever. Simple enough, and you can always follow We Know Fantasy on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at We Know Fantasy. Be sure to visit our website as we have weekly series coming out throughout the season, WeKnowFantasy.com. Waiver Wire Wishlist on Monday, streaming streaming quarterbacks and Super Bowl Defense of the Week on Tuesdays, B-Team Saturday. We have a lot of content dropping. We have Will's brand new Dynasty Thoughts. Uh, what is he now? The Fantasy Football Philosopher. Some great stuff coming on the We Know Fantasy Network, of course, the We Know Fantasy Contributors Podcast will be firing back up here uh, soon. So a lot of content coming your way. If you uh, somehow listen to this and you still have a fantasy football draft to, to, to happen, not sure how that's possible. But if you are, we still have copies of our draft guide on sale. If you're listening to this right now and you want a draft guide, I'll discount a 50%, $5 for 80 pages of fantasy football content. If you're interested in that, just uh, DM uh, us on any form of social media at We Know Fantasy. Mention the word podcast. You can get that for $5. So enough of that stuff, Steve. Let's hop into things. A few things to talk about here, some big things, some small things, but we'll cover it. Nonetheless, everything is big in fantasy football oh, yeah. when it comes down to it. But one of the bigger stories happening since the last time we recorded was the cutting of Latav- Latavius Murray in New Orleans. Over a pay dispute, I believe, was what happened there. Um, it was going on for weeks, and finally they got to the point where Latavius Murray, who was actually coming off a career year, year in terms of uh, yards per attempt and yards per reception at 4.5 and 7.7 respectively, uh, just wasn't okay accepting a pay cut and uh, in return was cut. And at this time of recording, he has not signed to a team. Uh, so let's let's first talk about the Saints and his implication uh, Steven, is there any form of value in Tony Jones, or do you think this actually boosts Alan Kamara through the roof? I, I definitely believe it's the Tony Jones situation, and I think if he's out there in waivers or wherever you have, may have him, and if you have a roster spot or you might not like your last pick of your draft, go get Tony Jones right now. I mean, he was he was pretty good in the in the preseason, and I think that was part of the reason why I think the Saints felt comfortable to, you know, go after getting rid of Latavius Murray because they had someone who was younger and cheaper on the roster who could think could do very similar things to him. And, uh, yeah, Alvin Kamara will get a little boost just because of no Murray anymore. But I think Jones takes the biggest positive hit here. And uh, I believe if you haven't already, go out and get him because he's being scooped up very fast on many fantasy leagues right now. Yeah, he is. he was coming off the waiver wire fast and furious. Uh, a little movie reference there for you, but he is a hot commodity, and there's no doubt about what Steven just said. Uh, it had to have made their decision to cut Latavius Murray a little bit easier when Tony Jones is on the roster. Like you said, good preseason. Uh, seems to fit the mold they want to counter uh, what Latavius Murray presents. I'm just looking here on uh, one of my 
uh, Yahoo League to see what his availability is. He's only 70% of Yahoo. So still a lot of chances to go out there and get yourself a Tony Jones. And uh, knock on wood, if there are is something that happened to Alvin Kamara, you know, you may have yourself a, a nice RB2 there. And that's that's part of fantasy football is taking those risks, getting those high-end um, handcuffs in situations where if Alvin Kamara is to go down, whoever is the next man up will definitely have a lot of fantasy football relevance. And I guess, I guess Steve, the question now remains, Latavius Murray has to find a job. He's too good of a football player, too good of a running back to not. If you were to pick a, a location for him to land right now, Stephen, where are you where are you where are you pinning on that? Yeah, I actually wrote down three real quick, and I'll, and I'll briefly mention them. I mean, the situation we we might talk about tonight with uh, Austin Eckler being injured with his hamstring. Uh, I mean, that could open the door for a guy like Murray. Uh, I also said possibly. You know, maybe the Jets don't like what they have going with that trio there. Murray could fit in pretty nicely there. Or if maybe, you know, he just kind of wants to take a back seat like he's already been doing over his career. And maybe the Titans could be a situation where they could have Murray come in and kind of take some pressure off of Henry. So he's fresher instead of those 17, 18 games he's going to be playing this year. Maybe Murray can kind of come in and, and do very similar things that Derrick Henry has done over the course of his time there. Yeah, I've never really thought about that, but... It would be in the Titans' best interest to alleviate some of the work that Derrick Henry puts forth, and you know, literally carrying that offense. I know they have a a big boost Julio there, but you you really have to take some work off of uh, off of Derrick Henry there. Um, I'm going to go the easy route and and put him over the Baltimore Ravens. I know Le'Veon Bell, who we're talking about here in a minute, was signed to a practice squad, uh, and like you said prior to our uh, running up of the rundown for this podcast, Austin Eckler was still healthy at that time, but, you know, reports have come out within the last hour or so that he did miss a practice with a hamstring injury. Our uh, our very own Chargers fan, Justin, who's been on the last two pods, says, hey, let's hit the brakes, guys. Just maybe precautionary. Maybe nothing to worry about, but we'll see what happens there. And if that is to be something, he was a late first round, early second round guy, uh, big PPR, you know, potential out of him. So if he is to be out for any time at all, there would be a, a big gap there, in a, a, not only on the Chargers uh, roster, but in fantasy football as well. Um, yeah, I, like I said, I think Baltimore would be a good fit just, just because, uh, you know, it kind of reminds me of like a Mark Ingram situation. We know what's going on there with J.K. Dobbins being out and then Justice Hill being out. So now we have Gus Edwards and... Uh, I'm blanking on the on the other guy there. Uh, Steven, you know who, that, who I'm trying to talk about here? Jason Williams. Yeah, who uh, we don't know anything about. I think he was, what, an undrafted free agent this year? He was indeed, yes. Yeah, so, uh, you know, big question mark there, so we'll see what happens about that. Before we talk about Le'Veon Bell, though, potentially getting back into some fanciful relevance, let's talk about the Deshaun Watson situation here. Uh, Steven in Houston. Uh, this week it came out that Tyrod Taylor will be the starter for the Houston, uh, for the Houston, yeah, the Texans. Uh, there's no doubt that Deshaun Watson should at least see a suspension this year, but at this point of the season, he is not suspended. He is healthy, but Tyrod Taylor is still the starter there in Houston. So let's kick it off here, Stephen. Simply put, what is Tyrod Taylor's fantasy value, if any? Uh, I mean, it's very minimum. I mean, we really just don't know what's happening overall. I mean, you know, there's a chance that they play Tyrod next this week and they just decide, hey, next week we're going to start Deshaun Watson because we felt a one-game punishment was good enough for him. Or 
whatever it may be, it, there's so much unknown with the situation. You know, it, if you have the roster spot to hold him on your team right now, great. If you don't, I know there's some people hitting me up who have like four and five man benches. I'm just like, if you don't need it, if you're not starting him, I mean, it's really hard to keep him on your roster because who knows if he's going to play this year at all. We have no idea. The, the situation is so foggy. You can't even see like the your hand in front of you. That's how bad it is right now. I don't think he gets suspended this season at all. I think at this point, if he gets suspended next year, which might be a bad, hopefully he just doesn't get suspended at all. But um, in terms of his playing time this year, again, it's cloudy. It, it could be any moment that just Texans decide, hey, we're just going to play at Sean Watson's, whatever. And he plays. But you, we really just don't know when that's going to happen right now. Yeah, Watson's still a top five, top ten quarterback in this league. And I, I don't think there's hope there at all, really, for any form of uh... – success in Houston with that roster makeup and the turmoil that is the entire organization. But Deshaun Watson, if he is the starting quarterback of a football team, there is a chance they win, you know, a lot of games or a decent amount of games. Of course, they play there in that, uh, I, can't, I, won't, I won't really say poor, but I guess you could say poor AFC South, where really anything is up for grabs uh, any given year. So if, if, like you said, if one game is to be, the punishment and then Texans are like, Hey, the NFL hasn't suspended him. So we're going to play the guy you're playing, you're paying him and rightfully so. So go ahead. And that's a big boost. I know a lot of people uh, took gambles on him. He was a quarterback scooped up late in draft. So if he is to avoid suspension this year and get into uh, some football games, some people found themselves some gem deep into drafts and uh, you know, that makes fantasy football fun in that aspect. But with Tyrod Taylor underway, we have a week one matchup against the Jaguars that come to town. Is there a any fantasy value here? Let's talk about wide receivers first, uh, Stephen. You know, Brandon Cooks, Chris Conley, Anthony Miller, anything there? I mean, Brandon Cooks is definitely a, like a flexible option for you. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm like thrilled to want to start Brandon Cooks, but I mean, the matchup is good enough where Brandon Cooks does have that flex value this week. Uh, even with Tyrod Taylor, Tyrod Taylor isn't the worst quarterback in the world. I mean, he has. Some moments over his career, he was decent, but uh, like guys like Chris Conley and Anthony Miller, I mean, you really just don't know how much they're planning on throwing the ball. I know they think the coach, head coach, said this week they were really focused on running. So who knows how much they plan on throwing the ball this week? And I think outside of Brandon Cooks, if you're starting Chris Conley or Anthony Miller, or maybe even Nico Collins right now, I think you're, uh, I think you might want to reevaluate your draft uh, drafting there because these guys right now are probably not going to be valued consistently. And you mentioned a name there, Nico Collins is a guy I was real high on, especially in dynasty formats. Especially, I don't think you're getting them in in redraft unless you're in 24 man leagues. Uh, do you like Nico as much as I do? Oh, I lo- I love him. Uh, he was I had him very highly regarded coming out of the NFL draft. Uh, I think he landed in a situation where he could end up thriving and being their number one in a, maybe a year or two. Uh, he, I think he's going to show us a couple flashes at times. This season isn't something that I'm going to see as a consistently, but uh, I think he'll show us some flashes and in, in just this year alone that will make you want to have him in the future for redrafts or dynasty or whatever it may be. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, you know, Michigan product here. I was real high on him. And like you said, the situation is perfect for him. Of course, if Deshaun Watson is to remain there, uh, not really Deshaun Watson, you know, situated here, but let's talk about the Texans running situation because I get a lot of questions about this uh, across my social media 
What do you make of this Mark Ingram, David Johnson, Philip Lindsay uh, situation? A threesome there, uh, a trio. I think Ingram's listed on their uh, depth chart as their starting running back, whatever that is to mean to you. And then it goes David Johnson, Philip Lindsay. I know Philip Lindsay's a guy I've been scooping up with my last pick in a lot of drafts because the upside is there. Uh, are you staying far away from this running back situation until we can get a clearer picture? I know you talked about uh, the thick fog and not seeing yourself or your hand in front of your face uh, when it comes to the quarterback situation. I think the same can be said here for the running back situation. Yeah, I mean, it, to be honest, it might be even worse, to be honest. I mean, you would have to assume that Mark Ingram and Lindsay are going to be the guys who see the more early down work if, if that's how they plan on playing it out while David Johnson – and, and Mark Ingram maybe at times handles more of the, the receiving work. I know Phil Lindsay hasn't had a ton of receptions over his career, so I wouldn't expect him to be on the third down plays as much. But we know David Johnson is a guy, I think just last year, had like 14 receptions in a game. So, I mean, there is, there's value, but it's not value that I really want to attach my fantasy teams to. Uh, I mean, if you have them, they're they're basically going to be your bench spots like literally all season. And God forbid someone in your starting lineup gets hurt and you're forced to start them. Uh, it, they're basically, I think, I don't think a single RB finishes better than an RB3 this year at the end of the season. Yeah, there's just too much happening there. And, of course, they have the offensive line that's ranked, or at least last year, I think the end of the season was like 26th, uh, whatever, uh, 26th ranked uh, offensive line. Not much happened there to really improve the situation. I know they didn't have a first-round selection again in this draft. Some trades they made in the past. Um yeah, just a just a poor situation all around. So, Stephen, what is next for Watson? I know you mentioned maybe a suspension next year. Do you think he'll be uh, a Houston Texan next year? You know, there's a lot of speculation. This team could have the first overall pick and, you know, the hit reset button, maybe take a, a Spencer Rattler or go down that route for a new quarterback. I think at the end of the day, he gets traded from Houston. I mean, it may not be until after the season. It might not be after they find out. And I think he does get suspended, unfortunately. The NFL is going to suspend him for a certain amount of games. I, I think it. I think at that point you'll find a, a trade coming down because then your, your NFL teams will know, all right, Watson suspended eight games. We can live with that. We can figure something out and then we'll go trade for Watson. Then uh, it's definitely going to be something that doesn't happen until probably next offseason, which is obviously a big headache because if you probably play Dynasty, you really want to know what you have in Deshaun Watson still. So if he sits on your bench all season or whatever happens, uh, it, it could be headaches for sure. But I, I think he gets suspended first, and then a trade will come following that, knowing the suspension is set. Yeah, there's still a lot of smoke and, and fog, as you will, when it comes to his situation and the handling of the accusations and you know some stuff's coming out about Whatever, I don't want to really get into things about the situation. Uh, but, yeah, like you said, I think there's a suspension at some point, and I think it gets traded as the Texans will probably have a top-five pick. This roster is very poor outside of Deshaun Watson. If he's not playing regularly or they're trying to prove a point and play a Tyrod Taylor or maybe even just push the issue to, out, as I may say, tank, uh, unfortunately that may be a situation as well there in, in Houston. Okay, a situation we kind of uh, alluded to a bit when we talked about the Latavius Murray uh, happenings is Le'Veon Bell. He signed with the Ravens practice squad. Uh, we have to assume this is a move to get him ready to move to the active roster. Uh, so I guess, Stephen, is there fancy value if Le'Veon Bell is to, you know, eventually, which we I, I would assume would happen, 
break into the 53-man roster of the Ravens? So if he does sign it, and I think that's still an if to me, honestly. What I see is that I think the Ravens are going to go into week one with Gus Edwards and Williams. They're going to see what they have in that running back core. If they produce, which I'm, I'm assuming they're going to because it is the Raiders, uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they come next week, Le'Veon Bell just gets you know cut off the practice squad, honestly. Uh, but if you know they struggle and they don't like, especially what they see maybe in Williams in, in week one in a favorable matchup, I think Bell then will get signed at that point there because I think the Ravens know that they have a Super Bowl winning team and they need to have a veteran presence back there that uh, that mixes well in with this Ravens team. Uh, his value, though, if he does sign, you know, I don't see it being, you know, anything spectacular. Uh, I think you're looking at something what Gus Edwards was before, you know, that a you know RB3 kind of type where he's going to see maybe 10 to 10 to 12 carries a game outside of Edwards and Jackson. But, um, you know, we knew Bell as a guy who was a big receiving guy, which I don't expect much from that either. But he may be the guy who sees the more third down work because he has that past experience as a third down back when he was one. So, I mean, I think at best an RB3 with some upside, but uh, it's not, I don't, I'm not going to go crazy until it happens. Yeah, I'm here with you. Uh, It's hard. It really is hard because you have a guy here who was removed from an offseason program because he wasn't on a roster, wasn't doing the, the you know, practices and, and team uh, building activities and things of that nature. But again, it is Le'Veon Bell, who at one point was one of the best running backs in the entire NFL. Uh, things have really gone down, downhill for him. Uh, now he's on a practice squad. And what is he, like 30 years old, 29 years old, something like that? I think he's 28 um, still, actually, but I think he's well, pushing 29. Yeah, I think, uh, man, who else am I thinking of that's 28 that is on NFL roster that was once? Oh, Todd man. Gurley? Todd Gurley, yes, that's what it was. <laughs> I, I, I saw a post earlier that was, uh, and to think these two guys were the best in the league three years ago, and they're only 28 years old, something like that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that's so true. And, you know, Todd Gurley still remains teamless at this point. But, yeah, Le'Veon Bell, if he is to make this roster, like Steven said, that's an if for him. I think he actually does uh, just Gus Edwards, I still think, is the, is the guy. I think he's a better running back at this point in the career than Le'Veon Bell, as oddly as that may sound. So, uh, yeah, he, he, he will have weeks where, you know, he may put up an RB2 numbers like Gus did, maybe a two-touchdown uh, two game out of nowhere. Uh, really boosts him up, but outside of that, I think, like you said, uh, eight to ten carries, maybe a few targets here and there, and Gus Edwards getting the the bulk of the the work would be my prediction as well. All right, Stephen, we have, like you said, at this point, twenty four hours from now, we'll be in the midst of week one uh, of the NFL season. We'll be watching live regular season football on our televisions. I'm actually sitting here in my I guess you could say office slash man cave in my recliner recording this podcast where I will be tomorrow night watching the kickoff of the NFL season. But outside of that game, that will be a good game. We have the defending Super Bowl champions hosting Dak Prescott and his return with that really high-flying and high-powered uh, Cowboys offense. But outside of that, I mean, I guess you can include that. We're going to talk about a few games we have a lot of interest in because of the fantasy implications and, uh, you know, a lot of uh, there's a lot of questions marks still about fantasy football when it comes to week one. We do our best all off season to make uh, speculations and act and really try to back our guys. And if they are to hit, we gloat about it. If we don't, we just kind of you know 
that Homer Simpson meme where he steps into the bushes and comes out with someone else. Uh, there's that. Um, but yeah, week one still a lot of question marks. So what I like to do when it comes to this, uh, people ask me who to play and whatnot. And a lot of things I like to do is pay attention to those games with real, uh, you know, high scoring abilities, some games with high over-unders when it comes to Vegas. And really just, just hammer that in week one and, and really just follow that to see how your roster shapes out some of those borderline guys that you took a chance on or who you personally think are to be a fantasy football star. Really just get into form and see where you are with that take. So, Stephen, kicking us off, excuse me, off here, is there a game, uh, maybe two games that you really have your eyes on to help kick off your fantasy football season? Yeah, so I'll start with the first one, and this one I, I, I'm hoping is a blow is a big shootout kind of game, and, and it's the Packers versus Saints. They're playing away in Jacksonville because of uh, you know the hurricane in the Louisiana, and I you look at the situation, you know Aaron Rodgers maybe possible farewell tour, revenge tour, whatever you want to call it, and and a Saints organization is just dealing with another hurricane issue that they're gonna do whatever they can to bring some kind of positivity to the city once again, and. You know, Aaron Rodgers is going to do Aaron Rodgers things. He blew up the Saints last time. And we've known a guy like Jameis Winston to light up the scoreboard, even though he may throw three or four picks. Uh, so that that one game, I think, could end up being really big fantasy values or fantasy impactfulness on fantasy rosters in the first week of the season. Um, the second one for me is in this one. I think I kind of put to your more of a question marks. Um, that could be big value, and, and it's the Eagles versus the Falcons. Um, you know, we want to know what 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 is Jalen Hurts? You know, what is you know Devontae Smith? What is the tight end core? What is Miles Sanders? Like, what is this team here? Is it a team that's going to be elite, or it's going to be a lot of up and down consistency? I mean, again, we won't maybe know from the first game, but you know, we're asking these questions here. And then on the flip side, you have can Matt Ryan, you know, do something without Julio? Is Kyle Pitts the next? generational type tight end that we've been talking about all offseason is mike davis really an rb2 um i mean this game has so much question marks that it could just be a really big shootout game where people are just going off left and right because their defenses aren't the best so that's another game i'm really looking forward to watch yeah i like it a lot i didn't really think about that but there is a ton going on there and uh, at least within the fantasy football community which we're both really involved in to really settle some debates or really uh, just just set our season forward and answer some questions. Like you said, Miles Sanders and you even there, Kenneth Gainwell, who was a, a rookie taken out of the draft with, out of Memphis. He could have a big role in things and, you know, still Boston Scott's involved. Just so much happening there in that game. I'm looking forward to this Cleveland Browns-Kansas City game. I believe it is the, at least in terms of Vegas, the projected highest scoring game of the week. We have a, a Browns team that, I'm going to say it has one of the most complete rosters in the NFL. They took a, a few years to do it, but their offense has a lot of firepower, a great offensive line. The defense has some great pieces on it. And, of course, you have Patrick Mahomes on the other side. So uh, just coming out week one, we have two heavyweight offenses just slinging the ball all over the place. Going to be a lot of uh, points scored, and there's just a ton of fantasy ball relevance there. We're not really answering any questions, really, with this. Maybe whoever the wide receiver, two could be there in Kansas City, but – you have a lot of big stars, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, uh, Tyreek Hill, and, of course, Browns, Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham. Maybe we'll see how he plays this season. Jarvis Landry's been a guy who's been slept on in a lot of drafts. I see him uh, really far down boards, which really confuses me. I've been scooping up his value a ton at his ADP. 
uh, that two-headed running back uh, duo there in Cleveland, and of course, uh, CEH in Kansas City. So really looking forward to that. And uh, on top of that, I'm looking forward to the Ravens uh, Raiders actually on uh, Monday night. Um, kind of disappointing there wasn't two Monday night games this week uh, in week one as as most seasons are kicked off that way. But we have a Ravens Raiders, of course. We have Lamar Jackson company. And I really want to see what Brian Edwards could do in his new role. The the Raiders, you know, let Nelson Aguilar walk, and then they cut John Brown to really make way for Brian Edwards to be the wide receiver two, possibly the wide receiver one with, you know, Henry Ruggs is a very great talent, but he just isn't a the player that could be a wide receiver one, if that makes sense, and it's the way he plays. Um, just hard for deep threats like that to really, you know, we only have really an example of Tyreek Hill really doing that, and he's just a special talent in his own. Uh, but, yeah, Brian Edwards is someone I'm looking forward to. Want to see how this Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake uh, running back duo really pans out. There's been a lot of questions about that. I know uh, we've had a lot of discussion about that over the offseason in our own group chat for We Know Fantasy. Uh, you know, Steven and myself have been involved in that. Just trying to figure out what the value is here of, you know, last year, two RB1s, RB2s for Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake, and really just trying to pin that down. Uh, a lot of question marks there on that game as well. Yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely agree with you. That Monday night game should be very interesting for sure. And uh, yeah, the NFL is, is is really screwing us over this year, not having two Monday night football games. So that was always nice. You had the early Monday night game too, like a seven o'clock kickoff, and you had a ten o'clock kickoff. So we spend all day week one watching football from one till eleven thirty midnight on Sunday, and then we're supposed to do it again on Monday. But we only get one game this week. So, Stephen, let's hop outside of the fancy realm, as I like to do in these podcasts, towards the end, do more of a an actual football type of topic or projection, and we're going to go that route this week. Let's predict some awards. Um, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll each choose who wins these rewards. Let's actually start with Rookie of the Year, opposed to start with MVP. Who's your uh, Rookie of the Year? I guess we go offense and defense here. All right. Um... I feel like I'm just gonna say it. It feels like it's gonna be Trevor Lawrence. He just if he doesn't do bad, he's probably gonna get it just because you know political things in the NFL. You know just how way they end up falling with the first overall pick. But I'm gonna say Zach Wilson. Um, I'm a big fan of Zach Wilson. I've always have been. Unfortunately, hate to say that as a Dolphins fan, but uh, I like what he's brought into the NFL. Accuracy, it factor. He's got a team around him that can perform to some nature of him being relevant in terms of just in the NFL. Uh, and I expect that if he can at least get this Jets team to BBB close to 500, I wouldn't be surprised if they put him as rookie of the year and he puts up a pretty decent season for a rookie. Maybe not obviously Justin, uh, Justin Herbert kind of season, but somewhat relatively uh, somewhat in that range that's close to that. Yeah, we have a lot of players here, you said, it's probably Trevor Lawrence on the offensive side of football. There's really no doubt about that. What would it really take? Uh, say Trevor Lawrence just has a, a baseline, like, you know, plays all 17 games, has a decent season for a rookie uh, quarterback. What would it take for a Kyle Pitts or a Jamar Chase, uh, say someone of that nature, a non-quarterback, I guess you say, to win the title? I think Kyle Pitts has a 1,000-yard season. That would probably put him over – uh, as rookie of the year, honestly, I think if he can get to close to a thousand, maybe nine hundred yards, he's someone that could be very close to um, rookie of the year. Jamar Chase, 
Uh, it's tough because I don't think many wide receivers really win rookie of the year too often, if I'm not mistaken. I don't. Did Justin Ju- just Justin Jefferson win last year? I have to assume I'm, I'm blanking. Just because you brought it up, you said I was trying to think in my head who's the last wide receiver to win, and it had to have been Justin Jefferson, right? Who else would have won it? Uh, I'll have to look it up, but he would have to probably have like a Justin Jefferson like season. Um, and I just don't know if he's going to have that in year one. I think he's going to be a really great, um, a really great player in this NFL. Uh, it actually was Justin Herbert. He won the rookie. Yeah, I just looked that up as well. Um, but you'd have to have a Justin Jefferson-like season. And I guess, obviously, even like that, he doesn't even get it. So I, I don't really see much of a situation where Jamar Chase does get it, unfortunately, because of the five quarterbacks in this draft and maybe Kyle Pitts if he just puts up those big numbers in his first year as a tight end. Yeah, it would be cool to see Kyle Pitts win as a tight end, but you have a quick defensive player here that you think could possibly win it? Uh, I had somebody in mind. Uh, the guy from Washington, I forget his name. His last name is Davis, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, Jamin Davis, uh, the middle linebacker, the interior linebacker. Yeah. Um, he's someone who I liked a lot. I thought he's like kind of... I thought it was a really good value for Washington, and um, I, I feel like he's going to be used a lot on this field here uh, early on to, to keep this defense to the elite level they have been. So he's definitely someone that I would keep my eye on. All right. Yeah, we, we you know, I kind of – we touched on a lot of the offense there when we were talking about your pick. It, like I said, Trevor Lawrence possibly. I would love to see uh, love to see someone besides him win it just because it just seems so straightforward that he's going to win it, uh, you know. I'm a big Niners fan, but I think it takes a bit for Trey Lance to get the starting job away from Jimmy G just because of his ability to kind of control the game and just win football games with that roster. Uh, But defensive side of the ball, I really like J.C. Horn in Carolina. He's a chance to step up and just be the number one cornerback there, and I just love his game. So I'm going to go cornerback to win uh, defensive play of the year, uh, rookie of the year, actually. So we'll see if that happens. Um Let's see. Let's go defensive player of the year. Uh, is it? Is it? Uh, who do you have there, Stephen? I have T.J. Watt. Um, I, I mean, it's a, it's a safe pick for me, honestly. My my defensive knowledge is not uh, not to the elite level. I would say the offensive, but T.J. Watt. I mean, he was tremendous last year. Um, they're getting back um, the linebacker who went down last year for the Steelers. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Uh, but he's going to come back and obviously create his own pressure there. That will definitely take some kind of pressure off of T.J. Watt, and he should be in for another really strong season. Yeah, we'll see if the NFL just wants to keep giving Aaron Donald the award as, as he should as the greatest uh, current football player overall to walk this earth. Uh, but, yeah, I love that pick. T.J. Watt is someone who I just, you know, is a dominant force. And, you know, if the NFL wants to go with someone besides Aaron Donald, that's a great pick. Let's go MVP before we do Offensive Player of the Year because if we give Offensive Player of the Year, usually it's just who didn't win the MVP in terms of in terms of uh, offensive players. So give us your MVP prediction there, Stephen. Uh, God, I'm being a really bad Dolphins fan uh, right now, but I'm saying Josh Allen. Uh, you know, Josh Allen continues to take steps in his development, and I think with a guy like Gabriel Davis hopefully taking that next level and having Emmanuel Sanders there on the offense there. I think Josh Allen takes another step and and leads this Bills team to a number one overall seed in, in this AFC this year. And uh, and actually, I think, gets very close to making possibly a Super Bowl run or even making the Super Bowl, to be honest. 
Uh, and then I think he ends up winning MVP this year. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I believe Patrick Mahomes, of course, has the best odds to win it. But I think uh, Josh Allen is quickly closing that gap with his second overall odds. Uh, besides going uh, a Patrick Mahomes, I don't want to go Aaron Rodgers. We talked about it, a farewell tour type of thing. I think he just lights it up in Green Bay this year and kind of plays his way out of the out of the situation. And uh, what better way to send him off out of Green Bay with a historic career than another MVP for his collection? So let's go over to play of the year, but we're not allowed to pick a quarterback, uh, Stephen. I didn't have a quarterback. Don't worry. <laughs> um, I took Derrick Henry. Uh, I think Derrick Henry still has one more big season left in him. I know it's, you know, the the historical trend of him having a 2,000-yard season and what happens usually after that and his age and how many carries he's had over the last few seasons now. I think he still has one more big season left in him. The addition of Julio Jones, as long as he hopefully can stay healthy this year on the field, I think will make a major impact on how defenses are preparing for this Titans offense here. And I think at some point they're going to have to play back a little bit more and I think that will give just enough room for Derrick Henry to continue to eat and possibly uh, even put up another 2,000-yard season, which I think would make him the offensive player of the year again, or now. Yeah, I don't know if he won it last year or whenever that was, but I'm just going to go off script here and go Darren Waller. Uh, I know it, it, it'd take a historic season. Even then, we've seen Travis Kelsey and George Kittle have – absolutely historic season and still not win the title. But I think Darren Waller has a killer year. Uh, I, I like what this Raiders team has done. I like Brian Edwards, of course. I I, I like Henry Ruggs. Just Darren Waller, I think, just have a ton of yards, a ton of touchdowns, and just really puts up a, a threat to break some of Kelsey's and, and Kittle's records they have on the boards for uh, tight ends. And I just, just hope... I have a lot of Darren Waller shares. I've gone a lot of drafts this year where I've gone tight end early because of the difference between one, two, and three for the rest of the pack. So we'll see what happens there uh, with that as well. Before we sign off here, Stephen, I asked you a question before we hopped on this podcast. I saw this topic on Twitter, and I just had to bring it up here. If you were to predict right now uh, who will be the hottest waiver wire uh, commodity following week one, uh, I want to say it's Gabriel Davis, to be honest. Uh, again, I was a big fan of Gabriel Davis, and I drafted him, obviously, if I could, with my last few picks of my draft. But I know they're going against a tougher matchup against the Steelers here. But I think that Gabriel Davis is going to come out week one and really light things up, and people are going to go nuts about it, and they're going to be adding him every which way. I think he's only owning, like, less than 10% of leagues right now. So uh, I think he's going to be a big one. And just one more, uh, you know, Mention guy, I think if Zacherts has a big week, he's not owning a lot of leagues. I think he'll be at the top of a lot of people's uh, boards too. Yeah, I of course did the waiver wire wish list for week one article on the website weknowbase.com, and totally forgot to tweet it out or post it on social media, so not many people have seen it. But Zacherts was my tight end in that article this week. I think he could uh, have a little bit left in the tank and, and really help that Eagles offense this season that a lot of people are counting out. Uh, I've, I've mentioned a lot about Brian Edwards' this podcast. Uh, he's a guy I'm paying attention to who's loan, owned in a few leagues. But I'll give a shout-out here to our own fantasy mechanic, Nick. I'm going Kenneth Gainwell. I think uh, I think he gets a little chance and shows what he can do. I think uh, I think Nick projected, what was it, week three 
before Kenneth Gainwell is the RB1 in uh, Philadelphia. He is an Eagles fan. We'll see what happens there. But uh, I love the skill set Gainwell has. He played alongside Antonio Gibson there in Memphis and plays a similar game. So if the Eagles, as many project, have a down season, just just see what they have. And and Jalen Hurts, if he is to struggle using a pass catching back, such as Gainwell out of the backfield, will be a big boost. I know Miles Sanders is a fantastic receiving back, one of the best in the league when it comes to hands and running routes, but he's also unavailable a lot to injury. So I think Gain- Kenneth Gainwell will be a hot commodity following week one. I like it. All right, guys, that's it. This is our third podcast since coming back for the uh, football season. Of course, every Wednesday we will be back, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, whenever you get this podcast dropped, wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, be sure to check us out and set a reminder on your phone. Uh, hope we're, we're hope we're jamming along with you as you uh, make a commute into work or maybe home from work as you get your mindset for fantasy football when you leave. Maybe a Thursday night is the the Thursday night game on your mind with your six pack of beer and your in your uh, passenger seat cruises down the road. Uh, I can only hope that's how people listen to us. Uh, but either way, we appreciate the support. One more time before we sign off, Stephen, where can we find you on social media? Making noises over here. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Coach Stephen P. Guys. All right, and as always, follow us at We Know Fantasy on Twitter and on my Facebook. Be sure to check out our website, WeKnowFantasy.com, and follow the We Know Fantasy Podcast Network wherever you listen to your podcast. We have fantasy football coming strong, dynasty redraft, everything. Of course, we still have out of the rough our fantasy golf podcast that is now thirty straight weeks deep. So, till next time, guys. We'll see you.